0: hello this is ken ferry with this week's boots in the field to start off with our crop report for you Uh, this weekend i traveled up to waseca minnesota to attend a a wedding up there and see what was going on and and uh, some pretty tough conditions up there not much harvest going on in the corn or the beans Um, they had received over nine inches of rain had about a two-week break and then they actually received 14 inches of rain in 24 hours, which is part of the flooding issues at Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and stuff downstream. We did watch some beans and corn coming out, but kind of gave you chills as far as the... they were literally ripping those fields up from one end to the other. Uh, had their mud hog uh, kicked in and they were just pushing those combines through. Every field that we saw that was in the middle of the harvest really was tore up pretty bad. So. It's going to be a while up there before they get that crop out. The crop did look pretty good except for a lot of water damage uh, in the areas, of ponding and that type of thing. Talked to uh, Tom Inez, a consultant up there in central Minnesota, and he talked about yields up there on the western part of the state uh, and into North Dakota. They're seeing some 50-bushel beans back in central Minnesota. They're actually cutting some 70-bushel beans there as well. Thought the corn so far is bumping above 200 bushel for them, uh, sounding pretty good. Move further south into north central Iowa. Corn there is now at 20% moisture. Stuff that uh, has been sprayed with a fungicide, nitrogen managed in that 220 240 range. Uh, and they're seeing some fungicide trials in that 10 to 25 bushel gain range. Beans, not much out for beans, but in that 55 to 70 bushel. Uh, As we move into Illinois, looking in the Galesburg area, they're about 20% done with corn. The reports are 35% done on beans. Corn is phenomenal in that 250-260 range, and it looked like that this uh, summer, and it's holding their beans in the 65 to 70 bushel range. Slip on over to Streeter, they're about 35% done with corn, 25% with beans beans are ranging in the 60 to 80 bushel range the 60 bushel being the later may beans the 80 bushel being the april beans corn yields uh in the 250 range there as well and that 16 to 18 percent moisture uh in itself slip on over into melvin area in livingston county ford county um soybeans over there running in the mid 60s corn yields running from uh, 240 to 280 but a lot of it in that 250 range at 21%, so some good yields come in there as well. Slide down in the Leroy area, uh, corn yields ranging from 215 bushel to 260 bushel. A lot of it in the 230-240 range, and it kind of depends on uh, what side of Mother's Day weekend you planted the corn um, that's showing up in the yields itself. And soybeans in the 60 to 70 bushel range, again the April beans are outdoing the May beans by 10-15 bushel. Here in the Wapella-Hayworth area still running into a lot of 2 to 230 bushel corn, probably a lot of 220, uh, and in the mid-60s on the beans. As we move further south though, you get in the uh, Tuscola-Arthur-Sullivan area. Uh, Reports in the Sullivan area, one grower had two fields over 90 bushel average in the tuscola area i uh, talked to a grower a 120 acre field that went 92 bushel beans uh, seeing some phenomenal beans again all april beans and as we move into may to mid may we pull back into the 65 to 70 bushel bean area itself sounds like they're still cutting some pretty good uh, corn down there in that 240 250 range as well We've across into Decatur, Blue Mound area. Again, corn yields in the 220-230 range. They're about 80% done with corn, 20% with beans. Uh, and most of the beans coming out now are the mid-May beans, and they're back in that 65-70 uh, bushel range itself. The deeper we get into the harvest, the more patterns start to show up. And definitely the Mother's Day weekend is is dinging yields. turning out to be kind of expensive in both corn and soybeans, depending on where it is. And the soybeans, it's some of our hardest hit um, stuff with sudden death. And we're seeing some of those fields now when we get all done, they're, they're sub-50. Now there's some 75 bushel beans, 80 bushel beans in the field, but there's too many 40 bushel beans in there. Corn stands... Of course, remember corn stands at this time got beat up pretty hard. We did a lot of hoeing and trying to figure out what to do. So we we're starting to see corn from that weekend coming in the 170 to 190 range. Uh, one field we were out and estimated on May 24th, based on the flex of the hybrid, um, we estimated it would go about 180 bushel because it was a determinate hybrid. And that's where it actually ended up. We came out this week. Had another field that was kind of on the line between replanting or not, but it had a flex hybrid in it, and that flex hybrid ended up bumping to 50. So situation where we're a totally different scenario, and that's where these hand harvest, trying to figure out how our hybrids flex or don't, is a big asset when we're trying to make a call, should we tear it up or should we leave it? With that said, we had three replant fields that did get tore up and replanted. They came out this week, and they're in the 140-150 range, so that's quite a bit lower than um, maybe we were expecting. And you know, We've seen June replant corn bump 200 bushels, so seeing this stuff uh, still planted the 25th of May at 140-150 is a little disappointing. As we look at the beans, that pattern I think is pretty strong our april planted beans those beans that we stuck in in april and they came up right away uh look like a nice window to plant into that's where the 75 to plus 90 bushel beans look to be coming from out there itself and as we moved into early may we're still in the mid 70s on a lot of those beans if the sudden death didn't get us if the sudden death get us then we have fields that are sub 50 bushel there As we move into the later part of May, we're talking to that 24 25th time frame. When we put the last of the beans in, it it has dinged these yields, um, I would say, considerable. So now we're looking at the mid-60s. So you hear reports of of these plus 80 bushel beans and you kind of get excited and you get there and they're in the mid-60s. Now we probably ought to be Slap for talking about mid sixties not being good beans, but I think uh, I think what we're looking at both in the beans and in the replant corn, but the beans that are test that are yielding in the mid sixties look like the eighty bushel beans you just combined a few days before. They're big beans; they got a lot of pods on them, but the size of the bean is pretty small. So we got a lot of BBs out there. Uh, So there's a situation where that tells us that the stress here is during that R5.5 to R6 range where we just didn't get bean size. If you kind of remember back 2003 when the aphid infestations came to us at R5, R5 R5.5, we had to spray those beans to keep the size. I think the big culprit here is that end of the growing season weather where we stacked almost three weeks of cloudy weather. We just couldn't shake it. And our April beans were a lot further along, had done a better job of filling the pods, and our later uh, May planted beans just didn't have the horsepower or the sunlight. And I think that's the same thing that's affecting the replant corn. We just couldn't get depth of kernel at that time. So more of an environmental condition than anything else. The problem is they're cutting tough, just like any of the beans that we're cutting out here, but the yields are not there. And I think, again, it's due to the amount of evapotranspiration or our draw rate, the amount of sunshine that we had to finish strong. I think it weakened the potential for the record-setting beans there. Now, there are a number of late May fields coming in that are really dinging the bell on the low side, meaning that we're in the mid-40s to mid-50s. And as we've been investigating those fields, as the guys are calling them in, and we're running into a lot of disease issues. Now, this is not sudden death and disease. Everybody saw the sudden death from the Mother's Day weekend planting. This is beans that died very rapidly and very uneven. So you got green stems, and you got dead plants, and you got a mixture of everything. Surprisingly, or it shouldn't be, I guess, but a number of the reports that have come back from the lab uh, are tagging this to pod and stem blight, of course, pod and stem is a warm wet disease and it came in again at that r5 and now we have lots of pods but we are missing the beans the beans are aborted one field that was in the mid 40s we collected plant samples and sent them in and everything in the kitchen sink was out there it came back as the main disease being pod and stem but it also had root rot it had charcoal rot it had sudden death It had white mold, and it had stem bore in it. So a situation where it took a pretty good pounding on it. Now, identifying these diseased fields is probably important, especially if you're thinking about in today's economics of going beans on beans. We don't want to go back into these fields that are loaded up with all that disease if we can help it with our beans on beans. We'd want to move them to a different field that had better conditions. Had a number of complaints this week about ear eardroppage. Uh, corn hybrids are passing the push test. You can go out there and push on them and, and they don't uh, give way like some of the other numbers have. But there's a uh, quite a bit of ears showing up on the ground itself and the shank is weak and dropping it on the ground. And if you guys are experiencing that, if you take time to look up the variety and either text that variety to me or email it in here if you could, I'd like to track it down. Is it specific hybrids or hybrid that this is happening on, or is it an environmental condition that's happening on a number of hybrids across the board? So again, if, if you're seeing eardroppage that uh, has got you alarmed, uh, you know, let's go ahead and, and identify where it's coming from itself. The fertilizer season is in full bore. Uh, A lot of fertilizer spreading going on, a lot of lime going down. Um, And one thing I want to throw out there for everybody to remember, the last three years of high yields is putting a pretty good pull on the ground. Uh, And and make sure that's in your thought process when you're thinking about cutting rates uh, on the uh, economic side itself. And the other thing to think about, we figured up one basic plan for a grower in here last week. And in his program, this year uh, is $45 cheaper than it would have been last year for the same program. So these fertilizer prices have softened pretty good. And and not that they can't go more and everything else, but I want you to keep that in mind because I think some of it has uh, been cut back for you. So we don't end up with uh, uh, a situation where we're chasing yield, trying trying to manage the lower fertility itself. The plot harvest is going good. I want to compliment our plot growers uh, for their patience and time they're putting in to get these plots harvested. It's just been awesome. Uh, We're going to have a mountain of data to dig through for the winter meetings. And that's that's really what we like. And there's just no way this could be possible without your guys' support and helping us and the timing and the scheduling and the effort it takes. So big thanks to you guys at Sal. Our crews are staying on top of the soil testing. That is on the soil... Testing on the fields that have been called in. Katie wanted me to remind you guys that she's not telepathic. And she's not able to sense when your fields are harvested. So call them in so we can get them them turned around as quick as we can. With that, keep her safe. Keep her rolling.